Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Get ready your credit card debt, get a lower monthly payment, and skip your next two house payments at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to save thousands with savewithconrad.com. Find out how much money you can save right now at savewithconrad.com. How's it going, everyone? It's time for another edition of Strictly Business with Eric Bischoff, presented to you by the Ad-Free Shows Network and Podcast Heat. I, of course, am John Alba, and joined this week from Huntsville, Alabama, Mr. Eric Bischoff. How are your travels, my friend? Travels are great. Weather is uh, wonderful down here. Not too humid yet, so a uh, beautiful day today. Mrs. B is along for the ride with me. We're going to party with our ad free show family uh, we we actually started that last night and just had a blast so it, it's going to be a fun weekend of course i'm going to get my head shaved on sunday for a good cause we raised approximately fifteen thousand dollars for saint jude in donations so looking forward to all of it it's going to be a blast it's a lot of people who want to see you bald eric a lot of people i don't think it was so much that as it was a good cause and we have an ad free shows uh family member that uh his name is lucas and uh he's got an amazing story it's not my story to tell so hopefully at uh at the event on sunday uh he'll share with us the reason why he donated ten thousand dollars to saint jude and uh it's a great story but i'm just you know it started out as conrad just kind of poking fun at me and teasing me a little bit and it turned into a, a silly ass bet and that silly ass bet turned into $15,000 to an amazing cause. So I'm really, really excited about it. I think that's amazing. Congratulations to you and the team. And uh, thank you for that massive donation. As you just alluded to, I'm, I'm cherishing these final few minutes with your hair. Uh, how long are you expecting for it to, to grow back? 
You know, I don't know. I haven't shaved it in a long time, and I don't really pay attention. I get my hair cut about once a month, maybe once every five or six weeks I get a haircut. And uh, so I imagine it's probably going to take, you know, till probably fall, probably October before it's reasonably back to where it was. But who knows? Who knows? It might go into shock. It might never grow back. You know, I'll end up looking <laughs> like Stone Cold Steve Austin, which is fine too. You know, you could you could do the Vince McMahon do rag also. I don't know if that's going to be the look you're going to vibe with per se. Now, did he did he actually wear do rag or was that Photoshop? No, he actually wore do rag. He, he was he was wrestling and became ECW champion wearing a do rag in a do rag. Yes. Wow. no i think i'll pass on a do-rag although teddy teddy long who who i still stay in in close Mm -hmm. touch with good friend uh he actually when when we lived in atlanta uh, my my family and i lived in atlanta teddy would give garrett some of his show worn do-rags and garrett had like a big like a clothes hamper full of Teddy Long do rags. So I bet you if I look hard enough, I can find some of those. I can have like a leopard skin do rag. That'd be awesome. That would be quite the view. And if you want to see Eric get shaved, man, you got to be over there at Top Guy Weekend. Add free shows, hooking everyone up. Well, what are you most looking forward to with Top Guy Weekend here? I know a lot of our top guys will probably be listening to this episode uh, as they're there in Alabama with you. You know, um, as on my way over, you know, I'm in Conrad's office uh, recording here uh, because it wasn't really sufficient Wi-Fi in my hotel. Um, but on my way over here, as I was leaving the hotel, I ran into David Crockett. And uh, David, along with myself, uh, Dick Cheatham. <laughs> we used to call him Dirty Dick Cheatham. Can you imagine being in, in, in finance and your name is Dick Cheatham and your nickname is Dirty Dick Cheatham. <laughs> so yeah, Dirty Dick Cheatham is going to be on the panel with myself and and David Crockett and I'm not sure who else is going to be on that panel with us, but it's going to be fun. And it'll be a lot of question and answer and you're going to be people will be able to hear a perspective about WCW and what went down from someone who you know Dick Cheatham didn't work for WCW. He worked for Turner Broadcasting in in, in the finance side of things. So much like Guy Evans book did uh, the Nitro book, you know, in, in the interviews that that Guy Evans did with a lot of people who were very instrumental and had their fingerprints all over ultimately what happened with WCW. But we never hear from those people, right? You know, the dirt sheets, the Dave Meltzers, the scumbags of the world never do the work to find out and interview the people who were instrumental. Nobody had until Guy Evans did. And Dick Cheatham and David Crocker are going to be there. And we're going to get into, you know, all of all of the goings on at WCW, the good stuff, the bad stuff, and and things that people didn't really know about or haven't heard about from people who were there. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And, and just seeing, you know, I haven't seen Dick Cheatham in, God, I don't know, 20-some-odd years or more. Wow. So it'll be fun to see him. And and David Crockett's looking good. I was afraid that he might not be here, but uh, he, sh- he was able to kick out, and he had a little bit of a – cold bug or whatever it was flu bug but he kicked out he's here so it's going to be fun love top guy weekend love our top guys and top gals at freeshows.com is where you want to be subscribed as long uh, along with rather 83weeks.com that's how you're going to get strictly business that's how you're going to get 83 weeks and eric you even dropped a bonus episode of 83 weeks uh, where you talked all about the AW collision stuff that you know typically you hear here on Strictly Business, but you went segment by segment breaking down 
Collision. We've had a Dynamite since then. We've got the Forbidden Door pay-per-view coming up this weekend. Is there anything else you'd like to add as a cherry on top off your discussion there that you had about Collision or anything that's unfolded since? No, it was interesting because I think everybody assumed I was going to bury Collision, and I went into it with a pretty open mind. Um, I was more than pleasantly surprised, uh, borderline shocked at how tight the show was formatted, how well it was formatted. Uh, the placement of certain segments I thought was really, really good. Um, there was just a lot to like about that show. And I made the comment, and I know this will sound like I'm being negative, and I don't mean to be. It just is what it is. That when I got done watching that show, I thought there's no way Tony Khan wrote this show. It is impossible for someone that we've seen. We've seen the Tony Khan product now in, in terms of creative. Um for about four years, this was completely different in terms of the way the show was formatted and, and produced. And it was excellent. So I don't, and I said this, you know, on, on the breakdown episode, you know, I don't, I don't know who was involved, you know, clearly I don't, but whoever was working with Tony, sure, surely Tony was involved, but he was clearly influenced by whoever he was collaborating with. And my advice to Tony Khan is don't let any of those people out of your sight. Don't ever lay, sit down and format a show or write a show without those same people in the room, because that formula, that combination of people that were there to help Tony really, really helped him a lot. And I would keep doing what you did, Tony on collision, whatever that formula was, whatever the collaboration was, keep doing that. Um, now I didn't get a chance to watch dynamite last night. I know you're very supportive and optimistic and don't want to say a bad thing about anybody, which is fine. <laughs> you, you, you make up for me in that regard. That's how we balance each other out. But what was your, um, what was your take on, on dynamite last night? And how do you think it compared to collision in terms oh, of yes. heaven, heaven forbid I ever say anything bad about AEW, right? Because all of the commenters, Oh, Alba and Conrad are these marks for AEW. They just like everything that is thrown at them. Now, listen, um, I thought, I thought it was a decent show. The dynamite number was fairly strong and the, the quarter by quarter breakdown was fairly strong as well. Uh, they went up pretty much the entire first hour, which I think is a good thing. There was a little bit of a drop off between it. I thought it was a strong show leading into a pay-per-view, but there was an interesting thing I noticed in the numbers too, Eric. And I was looking at the breakdown in viewership for this particular episode of dynamite was that when the new Japan heavy centric stuff happened and keep in mind, we're leading into a new Japan versus AW pay-per-view. The numbers dropped off pretty significantly. Nobody cares because I, nobody cares. And so I was, I was going to ask you about that. We saw a lot less new Japan involvement this year, as opposed to what we saw last year. Do you see there being merit in doing a pay-per-view like this as someone who in the past has collaborated with New Japan Pro Wrestling? As, as, as a part of an event, yes. But in, uh, it's real simple. The American audience doesn't know, nor do they care, about New Japan talent. It's nothing negative about New Japan talent. They're talented people. They're very, very exciting to watch in Japan but the American audience just doesn't have a taste for it. 
it is what it is. And while Tony and company, you know, and, and a lot of fans may really, really love this new Japan exposure, the general audience just doesn't care. And the numbers reflect that. So I, I, it's not a mystery. It's pretty cut and dry to me. Well, last year's pay-per-view quality of match-wise was one of the best shows of the year, and, and they did a strong buy rate off of it. I'm curious how this year's does. They're really trying to market it off of the dream matches, and I know that you've said in the past you've gone on record and saying that you know, just leaning into dream matches ultimately isn't going to lead to long-term success here. But no, it, it, and it absolutely will. Let me be clear on it. It absolutely will lead to long-term, long-term success with a incredibly small portion of the audience so if the, if the audience is this big potentially the portion that's going to be really interested in new japan and aw versus new japan is about that big and that audience there that tiny little fraction of the overall potential market they're going to be thrilled they're going to be jerking off in a corner because the matches were five star. Oh my God. Did you see that? But they represent that audience represents such a small part of the potential market that it is what it is. So you're going to make a very small percentage of the audience extremely happy because of the match quality. It's not why most people watch wrestling, but is it a bad thing to throw those people a bone with a show like this? No. You're, you're no. not booking to them year round. You're not, giving them new Japan versus AEW matches year round. This is a special one off occasion. I agree. And in that, and, and in that sense, I think it's, there's not a thing wrong with it. It's a smart idea. It's just not going to do big numbers because it doesn't have a big audience. Well, big numbers collision did 816,000 did a 0.33 in the demographic. I know you didn't get a chance to talk about that and your bonus show because they hadn't come out yet, but what's your reaction to that number? And what did you like from the collision show that you think could be leaned into to help sustain that number? It's not as much of what I saw that I liked as, as, as it is about what I didn't see that I hate. I didn't see a lot of stupid interviews with people that shouldn't be doing interviews because they don't have any talent when it comes to doing interviews. And when you overexpose people who aren't ready yet, you're, you're really hurting them. You're hurting their character. You're hurting their potential. And I see a lot of interviews in, and typically on dynamite. And now, now admittedly, I don't watch a lot of dynamite because I can't stand it. It just, there's nothing about it that captures my imagination. And I don't watch wrestling just to watch wrestling. If there's not a character or story, primarily a story, because you have to have good character to have a great story. But if there's not a great story going on, I, I, I will not go out of my way to watch it. Um, that being said, when I do watch it, when I have watched it, I see a lot of backstage interviews and some in-ring interviews that are just bad. And it just takes me out of it. I didn't see that on Collision. The interviews I saw on Collision were pretty solid. And I, I like that. I like the pacing of the show. The pacing was solid. The, for, exist, for example, the uh, one in-ring with the guns and the scissoring and the Tony Schiavone jumped in and it felt very impromptu, very spontaneous. And it was highly entertaining, highly entertaining. And it, that, the placement of that particular segment, I, that stood out to me because somebody was thinking, you know, you got to give the audience a chance to breathe, a chance to relax. You can't go from intense action, intense action, serious, serious, serious into your main event. 
I like the way they use that segment just to break up the emotion a little bit. So you're taking people on a ride, like a roller coaster ride, instead of just starting out, you know, going down, you know, the, the exciting part of a roller coaster is when you make that descent down straight down, but you, yeah, you got to come up out of that, catch your breath so you can enjoy the next ride. And I think the placement of that particular segment was, was excellent. That again, it was either by accident or, or just sheer luck or somebody was really thinking. And I, I'm hoping that somebody was really thinking. Last week we had the conversation about production and how you were hoping that Collision would show something different from the AEW team from a production standpoint. And we had the conversation, well, do you want to make it more WWE-ified? Are you trying to just do something different? Where did you look at it from that standpoint? Strictly speaking, not, not from layout. I mean, the visual presentation. No, I, 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 thought the, I thought the presentation was outstanding. Uh, Mike Mansory did a fantastic job lighting and shooting. And one of the things I really liked about it is there was a couple flubs in there, right? The announce team referred to Malachi Black as Buddy Murphy. Is that the one? Was that the was Buddy that Matthews? Buddy, Buddy Matthews. Matthews. Yeah. yeah. But, but there was a Buddy Murphy reference in there, right? First of all, no big deal. Anybody that hasn't made that mistake has never really been you know, in broadcasting or certainly has never broadcast anything live, you know, but the fact that there was that little flub, it endeared me a little bit more because now I feel, this is live, right? Because if it was taped, you would never would have heard that. There were a couple other little things that I saw that made me go, huh, I love live TV, but yet it still looked impressive. The, the way the crowd was lit, you know, and I've, I've used this before. I didn't make this up. Someone told me that Elvis Presley once said the best part of any of his shows were in the audience. That's where the energy is. That's where the emotion is. And I don't think anything could be more true when it comes to professional wrestling, the, the, the action in the ring. Absolutely. That's what everybody's there for. However, when you've got, I don't know how many people were in the audience, nine, 10,000 people, 7,000, whatever it was, doesn't matter. It looked good. It scaled really well visually and the way it was lit. Um, I thought it was fantastic, but yet the in it it the crowd very much made that that episode. They were so invested that that energy and that emotion that that I saw watching at home um, translated. You know, it it communicated to me, and I that's what you want to do. So I thought it looked great. It was shot well. It wasn't so perfect that it did. It felt like I was watching you know a Disney movie. Um, it had enough, you know, warts and pimples that it made me feel like I was watching something live, but it still had a great energy, big, big time feel. If you want to hear Eric's long form thoughts on collision, you can go check out the bonus episodes available on the 83 weeks feed and on the 83 weeks YouTube. Also, Eric, I'm not even sure if you were aware of this, but NXT did a hell of a number this week for its standards. And the show was headlined by Seth Rollins versus Braun Breaker NXT pulling 773,000 viewers. And the Seth Rollins segment in particular got up around 900,000, which for NXT are, that's really, really strong business. Finn Balor was on the show as well. They're doing a program with Carmelo Hayes and Baron Corbin. So we're seeing more integration of main roster talent with a show that has been presented as developmental. I'd love to know your thoughts on that strategy. Can you go to the well too much with that sort of thing? 
I'd love to hear your take on that. Well, my take is about time. I, I love seeing that. It's great for the brand. It's great for that developmental talent to be on a show and be a part of something that's growing and bigger. It'll give everybody confidence. It'll give some talent a chance to learn at a higher level because they're working with more experienced talent in the case of Braun Breaker using there with Seth Rollins. So I think the over, I can't think of a, a negative thing to say about it. it. It's all positive in terms of, can you go to the well too often? Sure. You can sure you can when it, when it's no longer a big deal and a special event, then you've gone to the well too many times, but I think they're a long way from that. I'd love to see, you know, a, a, if not monthly, you know, at least every other month, a story playing out on NXT from the main roster. It just makes sense to me. And I think the numbers will certainly justify it. Uh, you know, it, it makes me wonder, um, not makes me wonder, but I, I, I have to consider, is this, was this a move that's being made in anticipation of rights deals, you know, a television rights deal? Are we, are we growing that audience now, um, stunt, stunting that audience and growing that audience uh, in order to enhance negotiations or conversations? Likely, right? Kind of makes sense. I would. I'm not sure I know anybody who wouldn't do that. But uh, we'll see. We'll see if this is a long-term commitment or just a little bit of a short-term strategy. That was certainly my read on it. I felt like this was a way to get a little more buzz going into the summer, especially as we know, as we've been covering ad nauseum here, those TV rights are up. And we know that Nick Khan views NXT as a property that they could utilize, whether it's on a streaming platform or uh, another cable network. If it's continuing to be on USA, should WWE re-up with Comcast and NBC Universal? Uh, this summer is going to be a big, big season for us to discover that. But I also know, Eric, that the summer for a guy like you and I, it's the time for eating well. And sometimes when you're on the road, uh, you just don't get the opportunity to queue up the grill or get the smoker fired up. But thankfully, Strictly Business is powered by our friends over at Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. It can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, you're going to eat well, and you're going to stay on track reaching your goals this summer. Eric, what's your absolute favorite thing about these factor meals? Because I could list off like five different things. I was shocked at the quality. And and I, I, I came into it, for, I came into factor when they reached out to us and wanted to, you know, to sponsor our show they were kind enough to send some samples of the product so we could try it and, and do an honest testimonial. And I full disclosure here. I've had other types of product like this sent to me to sample, and I've always been disappointed. So when I heard about factor, I, I was excited to try it, but I also was a little cynical because of my previous experience but one of the things I noticed right away when I filled out the form before uh, Factor sent me my my package of things to sample, I was asked about my my preferences. Now I happen to I've been on a keto diet now for probably well over a year and a half, and I just for me it works better. It's I feel better. I've dropped probably 25 30 pounds over the last five or six months. I just feel better. Um, 
and I filled, you know, I, I put down my preferences, you know, keto and long story short, I'm going to make it really short though. Lori and I ended up going to the black Hills of South Dakota with a friend. Right. And we were gone for four or five days. Finally got back home, dropped her off at the airport. Lori and I finally got home about seven 30 or eight o'clock in the evening. It was too late to make anything to eat, but lo and behold, my factor box had just arrived about two hours earlier. Right. It was still cold on the inside. So we opened up the, uh, our box and I said, well, you know, we're not going to make anything to eat. We're not going to go out to eat this late at night. So let's just try one of these things. And I don't remember which one I had, to be honest with you. It was, I believe it was chicken. It was delicious. Like so good that I ate another one. And I cannot say enough great things about the quality and to have you know, it's sitting right there in your freezer. So if you run out of time or if you, you, you got a pinch hit, you got to, you know, make something fast. It's right there for you. But more importantly, the quality of the food, the nutritional aspect of it, the overall quality of the food is fantastic. And, and that's exactly it. You know, you said you had it there in the freezer because you have the option to store it in a freezer if you want, but they are shipped fresh. They are not shipped frozen. They're ready to go in just two minutes. You pop them in the microwave. You're going to be out there enjoying the nice weather this summer. You're going to be able to eat quick. It's everything you want. They offer delicious flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles. Like Eric said, you got keto. They've got calorie smart. They've got vegan and veggie. They got protein plus, and they're prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians with each meal having all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan and veggie meals each and every week. And Eric, I don't know if you had a chance to indulge in them as well, but they came with the smoothies, those plant-based fruit smoothies. I thought those were so freaking fantastic and refreshing, especially in the summer. Uh, I, I downed like three of them in one day because I was like, these are so good. And it was so hot outside. I felt great after drinking one of these factor smoothies. Have you had a chance to try any of those yet? Yes. Yes, we, we absolutely have. And they are delicious. But again, I want to emphasize because they are shipped fresh. I said, you know, keep it in your freezer. They're designed to eat over a, a period of time. So I, we do keep them in the refrigerator. We're all out now. Cause I, I, I work my way through <laughs> everything and we're looking forward to our next shipment. But I do want to say also that, you know, because you, you, you emphasize the nutritional quality of it and the fact that it's approved by a dietitian, you know, fast food is the thing that kills most people. You know, fast food is deadly. It's horrible for you. It's garbage. It's poison. It's toxic. It just is what it is. And we all eat it because when you need fast food, you don't have a lot of options. Here you've got an option. Whether you're in your office and you've got a refrigerator in your office or access to one or whether you're working from home, whatever the case may be, this is a healthy version of very fast food because it just takes minutes to, to get it warmed up and ready to eat. Uh, and so much healthier for you. So much healthier. We're going to help you out here at Strictly Business. Head to factormeals.com slash WrestleBiz50 and use code WrestleBiz50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code WrestleBiz50, W-R-E-S-T-L-E-B-I-Z-5-0 at factormeals.com slash WrestleBiz50 to get 50% off your first box. And we thank Factor for sponsoring Strictly Business. Hey guys, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley here, and I need to call a quick timeout, a brief timeout, because I wanted to tell your listeners what I have been telling Foley is Pod listeners for a while now about all the cool things happening over on adfreeshows.com. 
David Crockett and Conrad go day by day through June of 1985 in Jim Crockett Promotions on the latest episode of The Book, the month that the grandson of a plumber arrived. June 30th, Cody Rhodes is going to be born. I mean, his dad wow. is, is, is wrestling with Tully Blanchard in Los Angeles, and Dusty's got to hurry home and rush out of there and get home to Charlotte to see his wife, Michelle, give birth to the American nightmare. It's a special day in Jim Crockett promotions history. Jake, the snake Roberts chatted live with ad free shows members about his hall of fame career and a story about Ron Garvin. You won't soon forget. You know, everybody's got a tell, you know, so, you know, if they do that, then here, here comes his comeback. You know what Ronnie Garvin's tail was? His nipples would get hard. <laughs> Swear to God, man. His nipples would get rock hard. When his nipples got rock hard, man, he was coming to his feet and he's going to beat your ass. Just a small taste, a sampling, if you will, of what we have waiting for you. With four levels to choose from. Four. See for yourself why ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now, right now, at adfreeshows.com. Yeah. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Okay, Eric. So as we tape this, it is June 23rd, which means we're pretty much halfway through 2023, which I can't believe is the case in the first place. But if you turn the clock back and you head into our archives, 83weeks.com, you'll remember that Eric and I did a 2023 predictions episode and i figured since we're halfway through the year eric it'd be kind of fun to take a look back at some of those predictions and see how <laughs> some of them have aged and uh, some have been great and some have not been and i think at the end of this we're going to make one bold prediction for the rest of 2023 to spruce things up a little bit so let's let's get through some of the things that both you and i throughout there. Uh, I predicted that we would see a working relationship between WWE and New Japan Pro Wrestling at some point this year. Now we're seeing, of course, this week, the Forbidden Door pay-per-view between 
AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. We haven't really seen anything from New Japan. This came at the time when Nakamura was allowed to go over to Japan, and we saw the involvement there with him and the great Muda. Uh, could you see at any point, maybe not this year, but WWE and New Japan picking up some business together despite New Japan having a working relationship with AEW? No. And why is that? Because they don't need it. What 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 benefit would that provide to WWE? For the very same reasons that we were just talking about and why the, the numbers reflected a lack of interest amongst the hardest of hardcore wrestling fans that makes up pretty much the AEW Dynamite audience. Um, if they're not interested, why would WWE be interested in bringing in New Japan talent and integrating them into their show knowing that the audience just doesn't care? Now, look, if... If the New Japan talent or, or any organization outside of WWE were to be integrated storyline-wise, if there is story behind it, and it's not just a dream match, um, if there's story behind it and that, that talent is integrated over a longer period of time and the audience gets a chance to know that talent from New Japan or anywhere else, if they get a chance to develop a relationship whether they love them or hate them or dislike them, whatever the case may be, uh, then yeah, I could see it. But I don't see that happening because there's no real upside to WWE in that case. So if it's not driving ratings. They're not going to be able to license and merchandise off of it, at least not the way they currently can. Why would you want to license a merchandise product that you have to split with, with another third party when you can license and merchandise your own stuff and not have to split? So I just, I don't see any business upside. I'll give you one that I think could potentially lead to some sort of relationship. It probably wouldn't happen this year, but maybe next year or the year after that. We know that WWE has said that they're going to go back to attempting NXT expansion. NXT Europe was announced like a year ago, and they say they're targeting it for the end of this year. NXT Japan was a plan at some point. I could very well see Paul Levesque specifically wanting to break into the Japanese market within NXT Japan and forming some sort of a collaboration effort with New Japan uh, to help get developmental talent in a place where they're getting reps consistently, whether it's on WWE programming with NXT Japan or a New Japan program, and you're getting some cross-collaboration there at a much lower level. Could you see a scenario like that at some point? Nope. And why not? Why would New Japan do that? If, if WWE has got their sights fixed on Japan and they want to create their own promotion, their own NXT Japan, why would New Japan want to help them with that? In, 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 in essence, WWE would be invading, for lack of a better term, breaking into a closed market. So why would New Japan help them do that? I wouldn't. I, th I think it would be based on how it's presented. If it's presented as a product that's trying to compete with New Japan, certainly not. If it's not presented in that way and it's presented as much more of a minor league kind of thing, I, I think it would benefit both sides to get talents reps on either side of that equation. New Japan talent getting some of those WWE-style reps I think would help add to well-roundedness, and I think it would benefit WWE developmental talent as well but 
Uh, just a hypothetical situation, of course. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. You asked me if I if I could see it happening, and I just don't see the upside. Um, I, I predicted that Cody would face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania because all the chatter at the time was The Rock instead of Cody. It did end up being Cody, but I watched the episode back, and you and I were both very convinced, Eric, that it would make no sense for Roman Reigns to beat Cody and that we expected Cody to get his coronation at WrestleMania. And uh, unfortunately... That was not the case, as we know. But my gut says that that's still on the table at some point here. Oh, as I, we think we'll see it. See it. I think we'll see it. Roman Reigns transitioning to Hollywood this year was something that I expected to see. I, I think with the writer strike, Eric, honestly, I think that kind of takes this off the table. I was actually going to ask you about the writer strike um, because we heard that the movie that bad bunny was going to be in for sony and marvel he was going to be i want to make sure that i've got it uh right entire he was going to be el muerto which is a wrestling based character in sony and marvel it's a spider-man spinoff he was going to be the main character in that and the rumor had been that mercedes monet the former sasha banks was going to be part of this as well but the writer's strike has put that on hold for now indefinitely I think we're seeing that have a ripple effect. And I know you mentioned a few weeks ago when we talked about the writer's strike, you weren't too concerned. Uh, but do you foresee that being something that becomes of concern for the industry over the next few months here? It just, it all depends on timing. Right now it's a blip. It, it's a, it's a speed bump. It's, it's, it has to be dealt with. There are issues There are everything's on hold. Um, if it ends relatively soon, then it will end up being just that, a speed bump and won't have a lot of long-term ramifications. If it goes on for six months or more, that's a whole different thing. Then you're going to see a lot of upheaval in the entertainment industry. You see a lot more reality television all of a sudden. Guy Fieri, and his, Guy Fieri and diners, drive-ins, and dives are going to be busy as hell. <laughs> hey, it could be a positive for wrestling, too, an opportunity to seize more eyes against less stiff competition. Uh, getting to your predictions, uh, your first one, CM Punk leaves AEW with a buyout. Now, obviously, he's back on TV. But, Eric, I don't think it's totally impossible still. We've got a lot of year left to go. How do you I feel? I was going to say, that's a volatile situation. It seems like, uh, you know, it ends up in my feed. You know, some development ends up in my feed two or three times a day. So we'll see. You know, it's it's there's a very uh, juvenile kind of emotion that's running around, back, running through the backstage area. There's the comments that I see. It's like... It's like high school, you know, the, the issues that everybody has with each other and, you know, having to keep guys off the show. And it's just, it's such, it's so juvenile that it's hard for me to pay too much attention to it. Um, but who knows, you know, it may, it could work itself out. Hopefully it does, you know, CM Punk came out and, and, and publicly you know, acknowledged that he apologized to Tony for his behavior at the scrum, which, you know, not that CM Punk gives two shits what I think, but nor should he. But, you know, it kind of, you know, somebody apologizes and recognizes that what they did was wrong and apologizes for it and then publicly acknowledges it. Then, you know, for me, I kind of wiped the slate clean at that point. Um, I, I think he would have been better served. Punk would have been better served 
for himself and certainly for the company to have made that clear, you know, months ago. Um, but nonetheless, he did. And I thought, you know, he did the best he could with the ESPN interview. I thought the ESPN interview was solid and was a good piece of business. Um, and the interview that I saw on Collision that he did, I thought was perfect in terms of tone. So if whoever's got their issues with CM Punk backstage uh, is able to kind of grow up, which is part of the equation, uh, then this could all just blow over. And, and, and a year from now, six months from now, nobody will be thinking or talking about it. But if that kind of juvenile, emotional bitch fest continues to, to, to brew backstage because there's nobody there managing that part of the business and they're just allowing it to fester, uh, it, it, it could blow back up again and who knows. I know you made the bet with Conrad and a lot of that was for fun and the show. But was there ever a part of you throughout this process? And I know it's not something you spent a lot of energy on, but was there ever a part of you throughout this process that thought realistically that Punk would end up back on AWTV? Oh, I, I, I honestly, I didn't think about it enough to have an opinion one way or the other. It was just a mess. And I, nothing surprises me when it comes to AEW. I think it's a, I think it's a volatile environment. Uh, partly because it's a young company, partly because there's a lot of people in that company in management that have no idea what they're doing. Um, and they'll work through it. You know, you learn on, you learn on the job, you learn as you go. Um, but it, 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 the state that it's in right now and the, the, the kind of child childish juvenile behavior that we read and hear about so often, um, hopefully that works itself out. People kind of wise up mature a little bit and move on with their lives but who knows i don't know i didn't give it enough thought really mm. i didn't didn't and truthfully didn't care and still though to be honest whether punk stays or leaves i just i'd love to see him stay and i'd love to see things settle down and i'd love to see solid continued progress because i think collision to me showed that there is the they do know how to do it we know now they know how to produce a show we saw it now there wasn't any story which is fine and I didn't, you know, I didn't throw a flag on that because it was a premiere episode. The stories should be born from that pre premiere episode and ev evolve going forward. Now, if this Saturday we see a show that is essentially a standalone show where there's no story, there's nothing connecting it to what happened last week, you're going to be right back into that three and 400,000 viewer category before you know it. But if there is story, because that's the one thing that I didn't see Saturday that, that I'm hoping we're going to see going forward, um, we'll see. Just, we'll see. I've, I've got an open mind, and I'm optimistic. Let's put it that way. There was a rumor that the show Saturday was supposed to end with a big angle that would have set up Kenta and CM Punk for a match at Forbidden Door. But uh, Kenta reportedly essentially refused to work with CM Punk. So that match got canned and now we've got CM Punk versus Kojima at the pay-per-view. So I guess they went with the send the fans home happy approach to that. And, you know, sometimes that works effectively for one night and you see where you go from there. Uh, your number five, Eric, was that Fox or NBC would get all of WWE's TV rights. Now there is still time for that to happen, of course, but as we have discussed both of them are out of the exclusive negotiating window. 
do you still feel good about that prediction that one of those entities will get all of WWE's TV rights? Yes. Which one? I mean, it's close. I, I I see... I see all the reasons why I would be wrong, but I still think it's possible. I tend to think, especially after our conversation last week, that there's just so much more opportunity for WWE to license its programming out to different vendors because of, again, if you want to just go back and listen to our episode last week, you can, but with Disney, with the possibilities that stem from them having access to that intellectual property, with Amazon Prime, with the streaming access and reach that you would get with Amazon, but also the merit that comes with staying on an NBC Universal or a Fox, I really think they're going to split their TV rights among them. Uh, it just, it seems to me that they're not quite ready, especially after how we saw the sale go down. They're not quite ready to go all in on one entity. And I, I don't know, Eric, I just don't think that would be a great idea for them at this time where there are so many vendors out there in the field. No, I see both sides of it. Like I said, I, I, I do. Uh, and it's it's a close call for me, but I, I still think, especially with Fox, well, both Fox and NBC Universal, it makes sense. We'll see. Is there one in particular that you could see more than the other at this point? NBC Universal, just because yep. of their scope. Yeah. Uh, do you think, because I've seen this at the local news level, I have a lot of friends who work for Fox O&O's owned and operated stations. And they've had a lot of layoffs ever since the Dominion lawsuit went down and all the payoffs had to happen from that. Uh, do you think that that could potentially affect Fox's willingness to go all in on TV rights for anyone, let alone WWE? No, I don't. I mean, obviously it's a hit, but look at what's going on at Disney. I mean, they've, they've been taking financial hit after financial hit after financial hit, but they're going to have to reinvest in the future. Yeah, you may be getting your ass kicked now financially, but that's even more incentive to correct the ship and shore up your revenue opportunities for next year and get your stock price back up. So why it looks as it looks like a negative right now with regard to Fox and the hits that they've been taking. And it was a $768 million settlement that they had to pay almost a billion dollars. Uh, losing Tucker Carlson has cost them about 30% of their audience in prime time. Uh, that's a big hit, but what do you do when you're getting hit? You, you, you cover and then you go on offense. And I think the offense would makes the WWE license uh, television license acquisition interesting. You predicted that WWE would be sold to Endeavor, and I predicted that that sale would go down WrestleMania week. We both were on the money on that one. We've talked about that more than anything else on this podcast. So if you would like to go back and listen to weeks and weeks of Eric and I talking about the sale, feel more than free to. Uh, you predicted that Warner Brothers Discovery would officially renew AEW television. Now, there have been reports that have indicated that they've been near a deal. There have been reports that have indicated, well, this was directly from Tony Khan's mouth, that the addition of Collision was an extension of the existing deal, so not something that goes beyond that 2024 window. 
We just learned this past week, Eric, that Warner Brothers Discovery was essentially gutting TCM, Turner Classic Movies, and Scorsese and Spielberg went and met with David Zaslav to try to change the thinking on that. Do you still feel like we're looking at a long-term investment in AEW from Warner Brothers Discovery's end? 100%. 100%. And I think the relationship between Warner Discovery and AEW either has or will go beyond a licensing agreement. I think there'll be an equity play in there if there isn't already. Interesting. Can you explain to people what you mean by that? I think Warner Discovery will end up owning a piece of AEW, much like I wanted Viacom to own a piece of TNA. What are the benefits and backdraws of that? Well, benefits to AEW would be long-term, a long-term uh, home. You're not out there shopping your show every two or three years, hoping that the market is going to be right for you and hoping that the appetite for wrestling is going to be there because it can change. Things can change. Um, that's the benefit to Tony, the benefit to Turner. I'm not sure I see that as well because I don't think AEW is in the near future, a money-making proposition, but there's a lot of, for the same reasons that Viacom ended up buying Bellator, which is if you're going to grow a franchise and excuse me, if you're going to have a, a third-party franchise business that is using your network to build their value, why would you not want a stake in it? Of course, you're going to bet on yourself. You're going to bet on your network. And if, if just like Bellator, Viacom, the reason Viacom bought Bellator is because they got their ass handed to them by the UFC. Viacom built the UFC. Viacom, if, if it hadn't been for um, the reality show that UFC produced and distributed on Spike Television, I don't think UFC would be where the UFC is today. Um, and then UFC decided, nah, when their deal was up, they're going to take their product and they're going to go shop it. And they did. So Viacom spent years building that brand, successfully building that brand in partnership with UFC only for UFC to take it down the road and bring it to a competitor. Viacom looked at that and said, nope, we're not going to do that again. Let's buy Bellator. And they own it for the same reason. If you're going to build a franchise, own a piece of that franchise you're building. So that, that would be the, I, I would guess, the strategy if, if indeed Warner Discovery either already owns a percentage of, of AEW or may in the future as part of a negotiation, that's probably why they would do it. Did you check in on and hear anything about that Turner classic movie situation there? No, 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 no. Yeah. It was, it was interesting to see so many players in Hollywood get involved with that. I did like CM Punk giving a shout out to David Zaslav in this promo. I thought that was a, a crafty little way. I was like, I don't know if that's going to get you a baby face cheer with the way the landscape is right now in public perception, but 99% uh, of the people that heard that comment know who know who David Zaslav is. So <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. It's one of those things that, you know, if you know, you know, and you get a kick yeah. out of it. And if you don't know what he's talking about, it didn't matter. Cause it just got one right over your head anyway. Yeah. Uh, that was my way of thinking as well. Uh, you said that, you felt with 80% confidence that the rumblings of Vince McMahon trying to get back into ownership position with WWE was much to do about nothing and that it was unlikely we would see Vince McMahon 
back in power in WWE. And as we know, uh, what are you going to make me just look like a complete asshole here today, or what? <laughs> <laughs> you were you were right about a lot of these things. You were right about a lot of these things. Um, uh, yeah, well, I, you know, first of all, I can't believe that I bet against Vince wanting to be back because it goes against everything that we've all learned about Vince McMahon. But nonetheless, I'll take my I'll take my lumps when I when I have them coming. Well, and it was so fascinating. Ricochet gave an interview this week where he just straight up said that Vince is still in charge of the creative hierarchy, even though Triple H has his content management team, that Vince McMahon is still the one who is in charge and very much in the weeds, despite the public statements that we've heard from Paul Levesque and from Nick Khan that you wouldn't see that and that Vince himself said in that in that Endeavor interview that uh, he would not be in the weeds. Instead, here Vince McMahon very much is. But he's working remotely now. Have you heard that? That doesn't surprise me. He did that even when I was there. There were occasions when he would work remotely. And I, I for one, hated those because it was more difficult dealing with him remotely than it was face-to-face. Um, so yeah, uh, it is what it is. I guess, you know, you can take wrestling out of, you can take Vince out of wrestling, but you can't take wrestling out of Vince. Right. So yeah, he'll probably be around until the cockroaches take over. I'll say, I, I do think that his influence has not been overbearing in the way I think a lot of people expected it to be when they heard he was coming back. I do think he has taken some degree of a step back, even if he is giving the final okay on things. I do think we're seeing more Triple H, Paul Levesque ideas out there on television. The TV, while still having some Vince McMahon tropes, I do think it has maintained that degree of freshness. And we've still seen a lot of stories get a chance to play out in a positive way. Well, we're seeing a lot of growth. I mean, year over year growth. Um, Raw and SmackDown are both doing better, I believe. Could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure the last thing I looked at that tracked their performance year over year. Both shows are up year over year in performance. And that's, that's no small feat. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the bloodline segment this past week with the official turn of Jey Uso setting up bloodline civil war was just fantastic. And they have a chance to tell a really special story there. So I'm remaining optimistic about that. And your last one, Eric was that NXT will beat AW dynamite in the ratings at some point this year. You know, 773,000, as we just saw this past week, Eric, for NXT, if they were to continue with that formula, I, I think it could be plausible that we see something like that. What do you think? I'm going to double down on that one. I, I'm, I'm more confident than ever that it's, I'm, so, I'm a little surprised it hasn't happened already, but if indeed WWE decides to add some of their top talent to their developmental talent, then I think you're going to see that happen sooner than later. It could happen as early as the next week or two. Well, I want to say. If indeed WWE makes a commitment to doing it long-term. I was going to say, these were not, 773,000 is not a number that NXT was typically doing. NXT was doing in the fives and the six, not almost 800,000. So that that is a bit of an outlier to this point, but it could very much change and we could see something different if they start including Seth Rollins more. And by the way, what a tip of the cap that is to Seth Rollins and his drawing power that him wrestling Braun Breaker was able to give them that number. 
I'm really glad to see WWE leaning into Seth Rollins as a top guy in the company after kind of having him in the periphery of that for the last few years. Do you have anything that you'd like to add on Seth Rollins? Uh, somebody that I haven't really picked your brain on too much. No, I, you know, I never really uh, got to know Seth while I was there in, back in 2019, so, ever so briefly. Uh, he was one talent that I just never really uh, talked to, got to work with or anything like that. So I, I really, you know, I enjoy watching his work. I think he's very versatile. I love the fact that he's fearless in terms of his character and what he does and how he presents himself. He's absolutely fearless as a character and, and great as a performer, as an athlete. Um, he's entertaining as hell. Uh, but I don't have any inside uh, knowledge of or feelings about him because I just never really got to know him. I was just curious what your thoughts were on him as a performer, but I think there could be some merit to your guess there about NXT beating AEW. Now we are going to each make a prediction for the end of 2023, the second half. But before we do, Eric, I've got a prediction and it's that your head's getting shaved in just a matter of hours. Okay. I know. Oh, good, good one, John. Good one. I know that's not quite a bold prediction, but it is a prediction nonetheless that we're going to be seeing, seeing uh, a bald Eric Bischoff in the very near future. But I also think that men around the country are going to be taking care of their shaving needs this summer. And that, of course, is with our friends over at Manscaped. There's a nickname for this summer, Eric, and I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it's Smooth Sack Summer. Jesus. When you're playing in the summer sun, make sure you're scathed from pubes to bum in 2023. That's right. This is the summer to keep your balls cool while still looking hot with Manscaped. The leaders and below the waist grooming are making sure we all have a ball this summer by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh. Dive headfirst into smooth sack summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our code WrestleBiz. Manscaped. They've got some of the best products around. They also have some of the best copywriters, if you ask me, <laughs> out there in the industry. But the thing that's going to help you stay cool this summer is the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. It's got everything you need to prepare that summer bod for. They built the ultimate grooming bundle for your summer grooming. Their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Eric, I know when you're getting your head shaved, you're going to want to make sure that there's no nicks and anyone giving you a blade job, and Manscaped is helping you rest easy with that with their skin-safe technology, are they not? I hope so, for crying out loud. You know, I mean, I mean this is... We're going to shave this stuff off. So I'm, I'm hoping that I don't have to get stitches when it's over. And I'm sure if we're using Manscaped, I won't have to worry about that. Of course not. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multi-function on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. And it gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for precise shaving. Did I mention that? This trimmer is waterproof as well. Beach, lake, shower. This razor will devour even the strongest of pubes. How's Manscaped helping you prepare for the summer, Eric? Well, I'd show you, but <laughs> we'd get pulled off of YouTube. <laughs> they have other things, too, like the Weed Whacker, which is helping your ear and nose hairs, of course, Eric. That, that I think, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, I, you know, I, I I realized a while back I'd go in to get my hair cut, right? And 
I started noticing that my barber was spending more time trimming the hair on my ears than he was cutting my hair. And I realized then that I needed, I needed to take advantage of everything that Manscaped has to offer. So now I can trim my ear hair and my nose hair and all that other disgusting hair that is growing in places you don't really want it to grow. And Manscaped's got me covered. That they do, and we got you covered here on Strictly Business. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code WrestleBiz, W-R-E-S-T-L-E-B-I-Z, at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code WrestleBiz at Manscaped.com. It's smooth sack summer, boys. Get on board or get left behind with our friends over at Manscaped. Uh, Just tremendous stuff there from our partners. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Uh, okay, Eric, bold prediction time. We got half a year left. I want one bold prediction from you for the rest of 2023. What do you got? Ooh, this is tough. This is tough. I don't know, man. I I just I don't really have a bold prediction uh, beyond the ones that we've already kind of established. I still, again, I think, uh, I, I think NXT is going to outperform dynamite at a certain point, probably sooner than later this summer. Um, I think, I think if collision continues to produce the quality that we saw last Saturday night, I think it's going to have a detrimental effect on dynamite unless dynamite improves substantially in terms of the way it's formatted and the quality control and the interviews and the presentation. If dynamite continues on the path that we've seen it on and collision continues on the path that we saw last Saturday night, I think it's going to have an adverse effect on, on dynamite. That's my prediction. Okay. I'm going to give you a bold one. Ready? Here we go. Sure. Come the end of the year, beginning of 2024, one of, if not more, Hangman Page, The Young Bucks, MJF, or CM Punk will no longer be in AEW. Oh, I could see that. I could see that in a heartbeat, especially given the juvenile goings-on that we're hearing about constantly in the, in the issues with bucks and page and punk and yeah. So let's out of those, what was it? Five that you had four CM punk MJF yeah. hangman page and the young bucks. Okay. So it's essentially four. 
options there, mm-hmm. uh, which which you see being the most likely to leave. The pairing of the Young Bucks and Hangman Page. Good riddance. Oh, well, I think I See think ya. I think WWE would be salivating at the opportunity to bring in Hangman Page and the Young Bucks, especially Hangman Page. I think Hangman Why? Page to WWE. Really? You so you don't see it in Hangman Page, huh? Uh, not salivate. I mean, do I see him there? Sure. He's oh. a talented guy, but do I see him doing some big move? I, Interesting. I, I think Hangman Page checks off all the boxes that a guy like Paul Levesque would want in a top guy in the company. And he's so in tune with where the industry is right now and where it's headed. I think an opportunity to bring in Hangman Page and inject him right into that top tier of WWE talent I think he would be salivating at the opportunity to do that. And then the wow. Young Bucks, you know, they they have never done the WWE jump. At one point, WWE offered them the farm to come in. It was reported that they were given even a, a six-month out and some creative control should they come in, but instead they opted for AEW and starting that up. So do you believe that? I think they've confirmed pretty much all of that in interviews since then, that they were very well taken care of in the initial contract negotiations. There was creative in place for them to debut at the Royal Rumble and they opted to start AEW instead. But what an interesting turn of events it would be if Cody, Hangman Page, and the Young Bucks, three entities, four people who were instrumental in starting AEW, were gone from the company within its first five years of existence. That's pretty dramatic. Wouldn't that be interesting? It would be something to talk about. That's why it's Which a bold prediction. what we do here. So I hope it happens just so we have something cool to talk about. <laughs> it's a bold prediction, Eric. I guess we'll see. But I could also see on the other side of the equation, everything imploding with CM Punk and him being gone. I could totally see that side of the equation as well. I think MJF's sticking around. I think he's sticking around. I, I think Tony's been good to him. And, and MJF is smart. Mm-hmm. He's very, very, very smart. So I agree with you on that point. He calls you Uncle Eric. You know that? Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> that's sweet. <laughs> well, it would be very sweet if everyone out there would subscribe to Strictly Business, 83weeks.com. And we also want to get you involved with our team. You go to advertisewitheric.com. Get your message, get your product, get your business out in front of thousands of listeners and viewers every single week here advertise with eric.com eric i want to give everyone one last look here at that beautiful beautiful set of hair oh man i'm gonna miss it i'm gonna miss it all gonna go away but you don't know i could i could look like i could look good bald you never know i may just keep it i may just keep it i may keep my head shaved i don't know as a fellow Ken doll, I've appreciated all your contributions to the hair industry. You've, you've <laughs> certainly financed it with plenty of hair product over the years, and I hope for your sake that everything goes well. Enjoy Top Guy weekend. I hope it's a blast for you over there. Anything else you want to add? Nope. I'm good to go, man. It's lunchtime. It is lunchtime. Enjoy your time in Huntsville. This has been Strictly Business. We'll see you next week. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, 
It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.